Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to this newest edition of the Shoxies podcast. This is guns, one's going to be a little more serious today. Today, I've gotten all of these scientific research today, and we are going to tell you the perfect uh, cards to play in each format. So take us for what we say, and you're going to buy these cards immediately, or because if, if you don't, they will shoot up in price. That was an English sentence that I said that made sense because I'm talking too fast. So don't worry. <laughs> But you're going to end it with, if you don't buy these cards, we're going to kill a puppy for every hour. (laughs) We're going to kill a puppy for every hour you wait. (laughs) Don't sleep on these, otherwise you'll be (laughs) sleeping with the fishes. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, um, before we get into the the top five cards for each of the formats we've chosen, uh, I have some guests that I'd like to introduce. So we have a returning guest friend of the show uh carnage cards ent how's it going good good super happy to be back i feel like it's been a long time uh since i've been on um and i'm super super excited to be back uh looking forward to the new set and i can't wait to get into it yeah i'm yeah it's awesome to have you back on and then we also have a new guest uh he goes by many different names uh Ike, Isaac, uh, I, f- I forget the na- name you went by on Discord. Uh, 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 Von Ducky. Von, Von Ducky, yeah. Yes, and he is on the show to talk about a different format that we chose. It's interesting and a new thing I'm trying. So uh, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. I can't wait to talk about some modern, some legacy with y'all. Awesome. Yeah, so the, the goal for today that we decided to go with is each of us is going to take a different format and talk about five different cards we think will be kind of relevant because if we all did the same format, it's just like the list kind of looks samey and it's a little bit boring. So I figure try something different and different it shall be. So what do you guys, uh, if other than these lists, what are you guys excited for in this set? Did you see anything that you're like, this card looks cool, but it's probably not going to go in the format I'm discussing. Like, is there anything like that for either of you? Uh, Argentum Masticor. So Argentum Masticor is a five mana, five, five first striking protection from multicolored creature that has the Masticor mm-hmm. upkeep of discard a card. However, instead of having some other weird ability, it like the la- like Razor Me Masticor, when you discard, it does this effect where it destroys a permanent. It So it's at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Argentum Masticor unless you discard mm-hmm. a card. When you discard this way, destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls with mana value less than or equal to the mana value of the discarded card. So normally, if you discard a land in a lot of formats, it's kind of like you're not going to have any targets. In Vintage, you can blow up a Mox. You can blow up a Chalice of the Void. You can. There's a lot of creatures with CMC Mm -hmm. 0 that people are playing, like Walking Ballista, so on and so forth. So this has a very real effect. It, it being an artifact creature is huge because of Mishra's Workshop. You're going to be yeah. playing this on like a lot of turn one, turn twos. And it has protection from multicolor, which is enormous because it can't be deck fadened. It's like it checks Ooh. so many boxes wow. as you go down. I don't play that much vintage anymore, but this seems like uh, definitely something if you're a vintage aficionado or if a vintage friend, buy them one for their shop's deck. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually I, really like that explanation for it. I didn't think of it in that sense at all. Not being able to be Dak Faden is like massive. Yeah, like to, to the point that people play, uh, what is it, Sphinx of the Steel Wind? 
because mm. it has first strike and lifelink are good but the most important thing is can't be deck fadened it like saw <laughs> a lot of play like people were playing that over blight steel for the longest time in their tinker decks because you would just tinker get a blight steel on your opponent still and kill you with it a turn later and you were just sad jeez so, so having a creature that you like they also play at one point in shops they played the x mana xx with reach trample and protection mm. from multicolor uh stone closer yeah, they, play, they were playing Stone Coil Serpent. They were playing that in Vintage because they're like, protection from multicolor, I'm in. <laughs> and so this thing has like relevant text, a lot of power, and just gets to free Vindicate on a lot of turns. So wow. I think it's probably going to be worth. Nice. That, I, I didn't think about that. That's a, that's a really cool... Th- that, that's really cool. I, I, like, that's just cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for... For me, one of the cards, uh, I don't know if I had mentioned, I'm going to be the standard guy today. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the cards I'm really not sure about and I didn't want it to make my list because I really don't know is Kaya the Intangible Slayer. Um, oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so so standard's a slow enough format that seven mana on a Planeswalker isn't like egregious in any way. Your games mm-hmm. are mostly going to get to that point in time anyway. Um, what I'm not sure about it is is Hexproof really broken on a Planeswalker or is it not? Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I am with it. It has some really, really powerful effects. Um, it's plus mm-hmm. two is, you know, drain and gain. So they lose three, you gain three, which, you know, is a massive six point life swing. Um, it's zero is you draw two cards and then each opponent can scry one, which I don't think is that bad a downside for getting to draw two cards. A turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, what I actually think is really powerful, which is why I actually think this card might be really, really good is it's minus three, which it could do twice without even plusing is it exiles a creature or an enchantment. And if it wasn't an aura, um, you create a copy of it, except it's a one, one spirit. So, you know, for example, I can get, I can exile your shoulder and then I get a one, one flying spirit shoulder. Um, mm, so nice. I think it's, I think it's really, really powerful. I just don't know is seven way too high and does hexproof really matter? But I think, yeah. you know, being confident that your haymaker is going to land and not really be touched by, you know, just like a, a soul transfer or something like that does make me feel mm-hmm. like it might be worth it, but I wasn't uh, brave enough to put it on my list as a uh, top fiver of the format. Yeah. It's also like really cheap right now. I'm looking at it. You can like pre-order them with like the black and white manga like version. It says showcase. It looks like it's straight out of a manga. I would have read a week ago for like $4. So like if you're specking, it's like definitely not. You're not getting like mad punished or anything like that, which is nice, especially with like the big top dog plane. Like there's a lot of planeswalkers in the set that definitely are being kind of pushed in interesting directions. Mm-hmm. That like they could be very very good or very very mediocre, so be able to like pre-order them for like four bucks right now. Yeah, I, I I think especially in like the scope of um, standard is a lot of them are being held down in price because they're not very playable in other formats. So like mm-hmm. Kaya, for example, is one of those planeswalkers. Like I don't think this card ever sees play in another format because <laughs> seven mana is just way too much. But in mm-hmm. standard, like it, I think seven's super doable. So I. You know, I could definitely see um, this being a cool like card to spec on and get. And I mean, honestly, the manga art in this set is like super beautiful. Oh, Reminds yeah. me so much yeah. of One Punch Man, which is just yeah, super super sweet. Yeah, yeah. Kai is a weird one to evaluate. I definitely, but yeah, you are right about the Planeswalkers uh, being kind of a standard. Like they're good for there, not good for anywhere else. Like Kaito, I was looking at him. I'm like. 
this one this that's a tough one to like sell on other formats <laughs> i don't know you, you ever return to baleful strix with kaido okay that's <laughs> okay but, okay if we're going looking at legacy okay then yeah yeah i'm in <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. Like, I think somebody like Luca is like super good in standard too. Like, you can play this for mm-hmm. four mana, and it's just Guru Wild Speaker. Like, just being able to make like three, three threes is mm-hmm. probably standard good enough. Like, you probably don't really need it to do much more than that, and it still has more text to go yeah. along with that. So, like, I do think a lot of the Planeswalkers are going to see maybe more play than people are expecting them to in standard. Mm-hmm. But um, th- I don't think they have that much other format playability. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. For sure. Like Tyvar is the only one I've seen anybody mention anything like outside of standard. And I'm like, even then it's like, uh, I mean, I guess you could get Blood Tithe Harvester back over and over again. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I believe that Ty- Tyvar is either going to be extremely good or... Yeah like not but i think if if it's good it's going to be like really 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 good <laughs> agree <laughs> mm-hmm. being able to activate your abilities as haste is pretty powerful yeah i've seen i've seen some people talk about um it's priests of the forgotten gods uh doing that several times because you just oh, sacrifice yeah. i think the opponent sacrifices a creature loses two life and then you draw a card or something like that i can't remember. oh yeah. spicy yeah, it's yeah, that's one, actually that's insane, and you can yeah. return it back with priest. Like you can get mm-hmm. back priest of forgotten gods with the planeswalker as well. And I think Tyvar. I kind of like that you can do it twice too, like on like board states. Yeah. So you could like play it, use it, untap it with Tyvar, play it, like use it again, which is probably just like GGs in most situations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's busted. Uh, oh, it's sacrificed two other creatures, so she can't sacrifice herself. Sadly. No, but you can like oh, you add two black mana. I forgot yeah. about that part. Yeah, that's it. Like you can like there are definitely a lot of board states where you're able to like abuse using it twice or bringing it mm-hmm. back and using it. Like there, I, there's literally I, a black green. It's not great, but there's like isn't there like a black green um, deck that plays for profit or priest of the forgotten uh gods in pioneer like tries like power up bolus at all yeah uh, yeah that, that, that deck like kind of died flows. but yeah it like yeah, yeah. Flows. you like see it come back but yeah this is like but something this with is that, an auto include yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like it allows you to do like a lot of busted stuff oh yeah for sure if the deck i, th- I think if anything brings the deck back i think tyvar could just because it has some interesting upside like that where it can do crazy stuff like that i kind of like want to do this now and technically, you could uh, <laughs> technically with Tyvar, you could do like uh, Priest of Forgotten Gods several times in a row, just because you can bring it back. But he also has the ability to untap creatures. So if it yeah. your, your priest isn't dead, that that's great. Hmm. Also, if you play it with creatures that like make tokens or have undying, mm-hmm. or when they die make a token, like it allows you to like go like that's the ham. I've seen other people talk about it with like elves. Yeah, and like Pioneer, because you get to like you get to have these turns where you just have concordant crossroads in play, and you can just mm-hmm. like make this unbeatable board state and like really quickly. Yeah, I yeah. think being able to untap like uh, what is it like Circle of Dreams Druid of yeah, being able to like tap it, untap it, like is like yeah, being able know, to almost... tap it the turn it comes into play is juice. Yeah, also. exactly. Yeah, like, you know it's very like Nykthosy 
like mm-hmm. where you're able to like instantly abuse like a, a plethora of mana. So I, I, I that's it. I think it's definitely a card that's either going to be like really busted or we just wasted so much time thinking about it and it just was yeah. never and it was just like never actually we regret these minutes like that we just burned. you know it was just <laughs> never that good. But it it very yeah. much so has the potential. And I mean honestly for uh for a rare like planeswalker to already be like pre-sailing well over like 25 bucks is you know means a lot of people are pretty much yep. also oh, but this is definitely a hype machine if there ever was one for sure mm-hmm. yeah definitely anyway uh i think uh that kind of brings us to our uh, our list we should before we go on too long <laughs> uh we we have actual lists we got to get to and there's five each <laughs> so uh if uh ty uh sorry uh if uh Sorry, I lost where I was. I was looking at this rat, the the rat lord. <laughs> the, the rat's so. Oh, cool. I thought you were just looking at an actual rat. I was like, sounds like you need to get an exterminator, homie. <laughs> no, the good um, old rat sorry. king. Yeah, I, I was just looking at that one because just it distracted me on mythic spoilers because I forgot that was a thing because it was spoiled so early. I was like, wait, wait, that one's that had a cool list. I could do something with that. No, anyway, um, Cartage, since you're in standard, I think we should go. Uh, by the age of formats, so just start early and <laughs> go back. <laughs> I don't know. That yeah, yeah, no. Start with the baby, go to grandpa. Yeah, exactly. sounds, sounds sounds great. Um, okay. So I think uh, standard by far um, is going to have the most impactful cards from this set, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, yeah, that's the beauty of standard. If you think that's the beauty of it, is that every mm-hmm. set really matters, and uh, every set really does kind of like change the format and create new decks and things like that. Um, so it was very, very hard for me uh, to find like a best five, but I, I think hopefully I did a good job. Um, I didn't put them in any particular order, so I'm not saying one <laughs> is worth more than the other. Uh, I think that they're all just five really, really good cards. Um, the first one uh, kind of on the thought process that we were having was the Eternal Wanderer. Okay. So um, similar kind of explanation as I had for Kaya, except this one I'm like confident has a home and like is going to be good. Um, So it's a six mana Planeswalker uh, that comes in with five loyalty. Uh, It has a static ability, which I actually think is very, very powerful. Uh, No more than one creature can attack the Eternal Wanderer each combat. Um, So it kind of has like pseudo built-in protection. Yeah. Uh, It plus ones to exile up to one target artifact or creature, and you return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of that player's next end step. So you can either use it to protect it. So you can either, Mm -hmm. you know, exile your opponent's best creature or only creature, and it'll come back at the end of their next end step. Or you can use it to blink your own things. Mm-hmm. Um, so things you want to get, um, secondary, uh, effects from, and that's kind of where I really think this thing has a home is this in that, you know, mono white mid range deck that everyone's playing where mm-hmm. there's so many creatures that are cool to blink, even artifacts. So you can do things like blink a, a bank buster that's already used all of its tokens. You can blink a sanctuary warden, um, something mm-hmm. as trivial as an ambitious farmhand to just go and get a land. Um, it has zero, uh, create a two, two white samurai creature token, but this one has double strike, unlike the yeah. Wandering Emperor. Um, so it's already like a very, very powerful um, samurai creature. And it's not a minus like the Wandering Emperor. It's mm-hmm. a zero, so it doesn't hurt its loyalty at all. Um, and the best part about it is it ultimates right away, if we want to call it an ultimate. Um, <laughs> it has minus four. Uh, for each player, choose a creature that player controls. And each player sacrifices all creatures they control not chosen this way. 
Um, oh, so geez. you get to choose. That's what's like really, really important. You choose for yourself and you choose for your opponent. Mm-hmm. So you can play it right away. Minus four, pick, you know, their worst creature, their one, one or their two, two or whatever. Keep your best creature and everything mm-hmm. else gets sacrificed. What I really, really like about this is that it gets around protection, indestructible. It's a sacrifice, not a destroy. Um, mm-hmm. So they can't really, you know, save them in any way that way. Um, and so I just think overall, it's really, really good. It already has like a, like an easy fit home. Um, so it slots right into that, uh, mono white mid range deck, at least a one of possibly more. Uh, I think six is a reasonable cost on a planeswalker and standard, especially one that can kind of find a way to finish the game pretty quickly. Um, so mm. I really, really like the wandering emperor, uh, the water, <laughs> the eternal wanderer, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and I think this card has a lot of potential. Uh, my second card kind of fits in that same uh, mono white deck is Ostrification. Oh, so, wait, yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought we were gonna do each person said one. Oh, thing each at person time. one. Cool. No problem. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. No. 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 That's. <laughs> I mean, you can finish that one up if you want. No. Pro- I no mean, problem, isn't but... isn't it gonna be kind of confusing to balance format to format talking? Yeah, about, that's like... actually true. That's true. I forgot. Well, I, I. Well, then, yeah. Maybe we should think it through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should <laughs> thought that through. <laughs> Yeah, that, no, that I makes mean, sense. we can we can just like talk about uh, like just each one if like we have thoughts on it, and he can just move down his list, and then we can like yeah. I was just gonna say I was gonna say something about the Eternal Wanderer yeah, too. Um, yeah, I say this is the reason why I'm not excited for this limited set because I know the Eternal Wanderer is gonna be just like the biggest bomb ever, and if you open it, it's just like you just win limited. <laughs> Everyone just needs to leave. <laughs> it, it's, it's so yeah, def- de- definitely super good and limited, but I think. What's cool about the set for limited is that there are a bunch of planeswalkers, so you don't get the mm-hmm. like really crappy effect of some of the other limited sets where there's like one or two planeswalkers and whoever yeah. opens them feels like really, really good about it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a really, really powerful card for standard purposes. I don't think this sees play in any other format, sadly. Um, yeah. But I do think that um, standard is like a really, really great home for it. Agree. Yes. I See, think at least like a... with this one, you can like destroy it. Like imagine Kaya Unlimited on like a <laughs> like board state that's just like mildly stalled. You're just like dead. Like, oh, yeah. Kaya! Kaya! has got to like end the game like real fast in limited. Yeah. Like really, you, you better really be fast. you better be like the most ahead anyone's ever been when your opponent plays a Kaya. <laughs> or at least with this one, I mean, they're like you can you can attack with one creature. So if you have a big enough creature and they just make a guy, or if you have multiple creatures. They can't like flicker it, but it is. I I do. I am inclined to agree with you that in limited. This is going to be like, eh. <laughs> yeah. What what I really like about it too, right, is that like no more than one creature can attack it. So as long as you have one removal spell in hand, like they can't kill this. <laughs> like, yeah. you no, know, they don't. They, they they they. You just let them go to combat. Declare that they're attacking it with their one creature. That's kill that most, creature. <laughs> that's the most spiky res- like response to like <laughs> this egregious bottleneck of an ability. I like that. It means they can't kill my things. <laughs> <laughs> I I do also love how well it pairs with the Wandering Emperor. As like they have to attack with one creature to get this off the board, and then you can flash <laughs> and it you just your, like ring your, your hands together, emperor, remove that one, or create the blocker and trade yeah. off with it, and they just kind of like pair like so well together. Um, oh. I really, really do like that flavor um, that goes across with them too. I'm just envisioning you as my opponent having four mana untapped and be like, "Yeah, I'll flicker my guy. 
go ahead and just like format a left open one card. You're just like, would you like to attack it? They're like, no. You're like, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say, I think this is going to be the hardest planeswalker to kill. Like it has all the abilities. They're just like, don't kill this. Like a kill spell will kill it, but like nothing, no combat creature will ever kill this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't it's an so. ask. <laughs> you need trample and then some. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah. Next one. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, Ostrification is my next card kind of falls in that same like reasoning as why I think the eternal wanderer is great. It has a home right off the bat. Mm-hmm. We don't have to like try and find a place for this card. Um, this card is two mana. It's an enchantment aura. So it's kind of your new and improved um, like weird chain to the rocks. Um, mm-hmm. It enchants a basic land that you control. And when it enters the battlefield, you exile a creature or planeswalker um, until ostrification leaves the battlefield. Um, so in mono white, uh, in standard, they play a ton of basics. That's kind of the appeal to the deck. Uh, it finds yep. basic lands uh, very easily with uh, ambitious farmhand and restoration of Nganjo. So you're never going to miss out on the basic land clause of this. It's going to be very, very simple. And White's always looking for ways to remove creatures and planeswalkers um, at an efficient cost. Uh, normally, White is doing that in like a sweeper type um, avenue. Um, now, I think having four lay down the arms and four ostrifications or like some sort of mesh of those two cards means that you're not really ever going to struggle to remove creatures and remove creatures early on in the game. Um, so I'm really, really excited about this card. I don't think it needs a ton more explanation. I think it's just going to be yep. a really, really solid, good removal spell um, for standard. I will say, though, that it gets really punished by Invoke Despair. Mm, That's yeah. the only downside to this card, I think. Good There's thing it hits Planeswalkers. <laughs> Yeah, I think Planeswalker has been a thing that's like really, really hurting. I actually play a lot of the mono white mid range deck. It's probably my stand, my only standard deck that I'm really into at this point. And yeah, that's our that's the deck's biggest flaw is that if they play like a sticky Planeswalker, you just don't really have a way to get it off the board besides like attacking it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really nice to have just like a nice, easy, efficient removal spell for it perfect answer for the the wandering emperor or what's that one called the the eternal wanderer the eternal wanderer i think everyone in the world will be mixing those two up for like the next few months as their names are insanely close and we're just all used to the wandering emperor at this point that's her bigger sister that has the same haircut it's forgivable (laughs) she'll understand no she won't (laughs) uh yeah it, it definitely seems interesting like I think it could have pioneer implications. I just don't know if it's better than previous cards. Cause like, like Rotten white humans doesn't play like a ton of planes. It, it like, it plays a good chunk, but it plays a lot of like, yeah. What, what's I, it called? I, I, uh, doesn't it yeah. I, I'm just trying to think uh, it plays like mutavault and stuff like that. So you'd have to change your mana base a lot to play it, but it seems good outside of standard too. I think it's a good card. I mean, you've yeah, got, you've got I, twelve. You've got twelve planes in the deck. You've got a, you've got enough. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just think that like outside of standard, you either run into the we don't have enough basic lands, or there mm-hmm. are just better removal spells than it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's probably the only issue. I think it's definitely going to be a standard all-star. I don't, I don't think we'll see it. The only, uh, that deck just doesn't play enough basics. I was going to say maybe the like enigmatic deck, but probably mm. not. It just doesn't have enough basics. I think it's also not going to yeah. want to sacrifice it. Yeah. That's, like one of the benefits yeah. of that deck is like being able to sacrifice or flicker for value and you can do neither. You can reset it, which is oh. not bad, but you can't like. You can't like gain value like you can with the other ones where you like make them sacrifice a creature and then you do it again, or you make them sacrifice a creature mm. and then you sacrifice it. Yeah, oh my I god, I'm a dumbass. I read that card so wrong. What? <laughs> For some reason I was thinking it was the same as the the laydown arms that where you had to have X amount of basics. You only need one basic and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's, it's more of a... I was like, Oh ah, it... I don't know. No, no, it's way better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's more like chained to the rocks, right? Yeah, but it's yeah, it's, it's planeswalkers and not creatures. It's chained to the basic. Yeah, uh, chained to the basic. Uh, so there is, you are noticing that there is like one problem with it for the plain standard, right? Mm. What? Elish Nor encounters it. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh god, because it's an ETB effect. Elish Norn. <laughs> so if if Elish Norn becomes a thing, that card becomes real bad. Yeah, uh, Elish Norn. I, I really isn't hope- that gonna blow up every other format like modern i've heard some people say oh no this is gonna destroy modern this five mana do that this is five mana four seven i mean maybe but i doubt it like in a format where all the decks that run that like it counter in quotes counters the removal they also Mm -hmm. play teferi in half of them so they just go okay bounce at a draw card moving on with my life it does have like the neat toughness of seven and there are decks that like do get worked but also Five mana too hard too hard cast it is an ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I hear commander players aren't happy with it though. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. This is the <laughs> best worst friend to like every commander player on the planet. The person that plays it like this card's awesome, and all their friends just subtly start drawing their shivs from their pocket. <laughs> it's like wait for him to <laughs> look at cards in his hand foolishly. Uh, that just reminds me one time I F uh, there was a, a there was an F and M going on and I remember there's this one like teenage kid who was bragging about how he had like seven knives on him and I was like, dude, why are you telling us this at Pioneer Night? Like, what the <laughs> hell does that have to do with anything? I just want to let you know who you're top decking against. <laughs> exactly. Like, I was scared at that point. It's like, is that a threat, man? <laughs> Uh, anyway uh, i think what's the next card sure um so 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 the next card i'm gonna say is definitely one that i probably think more than most people um i don't know if i'm right but i really like it um it's black sun's twilight um so it's like a nice little callback to black sun zenith it's x and a black it's instant though which i think is why i this card could be really good um, up to one target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. If X was five or more, return a creature card with mana value X or less t- from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Ooh. Yeah. So I think this card is really, really good. I think that um, one, uh, black is really good in standard. Um, like a good 75% of decks are playing some sort of, you know, black mana in their deck. Mm-hmm. So it definitely tracks well. Um, that you would want to play a spell like this. It's not a spell you're going to be playing, you know, four of or anything like that, but it's one that you're going to have in your deck. And when you draw it, you're going to feel really, really good about it. Um, 
it can kill a creature and bring back a creature uh, all for six mana. And, you know, obviously it scales upwards, but six mana is probably, you know, what you're going to put into this. Um, mm. What I really, really like, and that's really important, is that it's up to one target creature. So yeah. you don't have to kill a creature to get the other side of well, the effect. Cool. So, yeah, so, it, you know, if this is a top deck game and the battlefield's clear, you draw this, you don't have to say, like, oh, crap, I just have to wait till they draw a creature to get it back. If you have, like, a Shouldred in the ba- in, in the graveyard or something, at the end of their turn, you can cast it for six mana, get back a Shouldred, tap to the battlefield, untap. Like, I, I think there's a lot of good uh, situations where this card's going to kind of create, like, a busted board state or a really big swing. Uh, so I really, really like this card. I think that it's better than it looks. It is also incredibly cheap right now. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I don't think it's a card you're playing more than one of. So, you know, getting your hands on one isn't really going to be that difficult. But I think you're going to love drawing this card and it's going to do some really hard work. That makes sense. I, I just know that it's just going to be, everyone's going to be like, kill your children, bring back my children. Haha, this is a fun game. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, Children <laughs> yeah. is really the card I'm thinking of when I think of this card. Like, it, the swing is just gigantic, right? Like, kill yeah. their best creature, bring back Children all at the end of turn. Like, that's uh, asking that's a lot of a standard player to be able to, like, interact and, like, somehow get back the advantage from that. Like, standard's just not a format where it's very easy to, like, lose your creature, kill their creature, and feel like, you know, you did all that on, like, a good cheap uh, mana expense so i really really like that this does that for you uh, uh somewhere is going with that nope brain went dead uh <laughs> to, did i don't know if either of you are old enough i barely am but do either of you remember playing with profane command i never I, did <laughs> i've played with it in cube <laughs> okay i, I so, need to look up the card it's black black let me see if i can do this correctly it's black black x sorcery uh oh it's the, the choose Lauren four one. Ah. yeah it's lauren one one target creature gets minus x minus x up to x target creatures gain fear um you return target creature with cmc x or less from your graveyard to play and target opponent loses x life mm. so this has two of the most like utilized modes as far as i know from standard profane command and it costs in a way one less assuming x is five so yeah. like this very much has like flashbacks of that so I very much am in the same boat as Carnage here. I think this is like has a lot of opportunity to be utilized. Also, there's a kind of fun utilitarian angle if they start seeing more play with the prototype cards, where in the late game you start like you can be returning like these big things. Like if you have the the black prototype creature, it dies early and you get to late you top deck, being able to like kill their biggest thing and bring this back and have a seven five life linking menace creature with ward, pretty juicy. I agree. Also, uh, I just thought of what I was thinking of. Uh, with the way um, shield counters work, doesn't this override that? So if a creature has like a shield counter, you're like, cool story, bro, just die anyway. Because yep. shield counter yeah, it's damage-based and destruction-based, and this is neither. So mm-hmm. it's kind of not that that's super relevant outside of Sanctuary Warden, but lines up really well against Sanctuary Warden. Yeah, I mean, it... I, you know, there are a few cards, um, something, you know, uh, we might talk about it, but like Thrun from the set um, is a card that you can now like try and kill. Like that thing has indestructible. There's more cards that have indestructible or will have indestructible. So you get around that too. X minus X uh, minus X is always good. You can't 
kill from. Oh, because it's only like green spells, right? That can target yeah, it. Can't be, oh, can't be the target of non-green spells that card... control. I'm gonna try Ooh, and kill. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna try and kill a Thrun so many times without having a green spell in hand. I know it. I already well, know it. I don't know. I don't, like it, the only things that like allow you to kill it that are spells are like fight spells, right? Assassin's not trophy. Like, okay. That's so true. Still, yeah. That's, that's still uh, legal. Uh, not standard. Standard. It is not okay. standard. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, fight spells. I think are the only ones you can. And like in the current standard format. Also, yeah. I mean, it's a five minute five five shitter. This, hopefully, it's amazing. I, I love me a good throne, but the likelihood that it is is relatively low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my next card helps deal with throne. Um, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, Shouldred's edict. Uh, again, Ooh, yeah. sticking sticking on you know the the trend I've been sticking on. I I tried to pick cards that already have homes that it's easy. I don't have to guess if mm-hmm. you know this deck exists or this color pairing does again black is the most played color at this point uh and this spell kicks ass for a lot of the reasons that we just spoke about why some of the cards are either good or don't work um this is a two mana so one in a black instant you choose one uh each opponent sacrifices a non token creature each opponent sacrifices a creature token each opponent sacrifices a planeswalker and also has super cool flavor text. Congratulations. I am entertained. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. good flavor text. It, it's great flavor text. Uh, yeah, so this deals with a lot of those uh, situations we were talking about, right? So this can kill a Thrun. Um, this can mm-hmm. kill a Kaya. This can kill any Planeswalker. Uh, this can kill a Sanctuary Warden as long as you keep the trigger on the stack. Um, well, I mean, it well, chooses between non-token. And... Oh, yeah, even choose so you can let the trigger happen. I mean, you don't want to let the trigger happen, but yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you can kill it before the trigger happens. Uh, this card is just really, really good. Um, I don't really see a reason why you wouldn't want to be playing some amount of these if you're playing the color black, um, at least two. Uh, the fact that it lets you choose between non-token and token is super good too, so you don't have to kill... The Fable of the Mirror Breaker token, you can kill the flip side of Fable of the Mirror Breaker if they're both on the battlefield. Um, mm. I just think that the card is really, 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 really powerful. I think we haven't really seen a two mana kill a planeswalker um, very often. Uh, so that's kind of what I think is the best part of this card. Is it's, oh, yeah. it's very, very rare that your opponent's going to have more than one planeswalker on the battlefield. So most of the time, this is just kill target planeswalker. Um, and if they do have more than one planeswalker, you're probably already dying anyway. And I don't know if this spell will help you. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, this is like very good. They can, you know, play a wandering emperor, make a two, two, you kill the wandering emperor. It's not the greatest exchange, but it does it for two mana, which is really, really nice. And at instant speed, um, I really, really like this card. I think that it's going to see a ton of standard play and maybe even possibly other formats. Oh yeah, I definitely. Th- this is on my list too. It's really good <laughs> for all the reasons you said. Like it answers a lot of stuff cleanly. I I I, I don't play a ton of Legacy, but I think it could see play all the way back to there because I know they sometimes play edicts for like uh, what's it called, True Name. So this could be good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not an expert though. <laughs> we so have yeah, one I, though, right? 
I, we have an expert we, on here. <laughs> we will. I, I will also maybe be branched talking about that when it comes to legacy. <laughs> <laughs> we should each uh, m- mention uh, that it's good. <laughs> it's just it's just a good card. It was if you weren't gonna bring it up, Carnage, I was gonna bring it up that like it it made your picking of the honorable mention for Kaya much more sound. It's like, oh man, how do we get this on the table? Well, there's an uncommon in the set that just clean answers a seven drop. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that's why I, I really am not sure about Kaya. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I think that there is I mean, a world where this card sees a ton of play and yeah. spending seven mana to I mean again, you would still, you know, get to do something um, mm. with it, but I mean, seven mm. mana draw two isn't all that great, or seven no. mana kill a creature isn't all that great. So, um, I think that those cards just really powerful and could and could to an extent. I'm going to sound crazy saying warp a format. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think this like it, it clean ins- it being an uncommon and with this this many planeswalkers being able to clean answer is really good. Being like it does, like obviously, as we'll get into it, as multiple format like viability, but also it like helps keep a lot of allows them to print some like quasi busted planeswalkers that have like good longevity circumstances, but not like their short term isn't like it's impactful, but not like uproariously impactful. Like getting two for one with Kaya is a B. Like they draw two cards, that sucks. They kill a creature, they get a creature that sucks. They're also spending seven mana. But mm-hmm. it having hexers and like being able to get out from under it, like if it didn't have hex proof, like that is a card that could just drastically warp a standard format. Where with a card like this, it's like as long as there is something resembling an aggro mid range deck, you're fine. Because like yeah. they, this tool is very available. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Definitely good. <laughs> you uh, have, so uh, I think this is number five. Carnage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, this yeah. is my oh, my nice. my rounded off. Um, this is uh, Rebel Salvo, Salvo, Salvo. Um, it's not pretty. It's not like a super cool card in any way. Um, but it's uh, two in a red instant. Uh, it has affinity for equipments. Um, <laughs> so it can cost up to one mana if you have two equipments. Uh, I don't know how relevant that will be, but um, it deals five damage to target creature or planeswalker, uh, and that permanent loses indestructible until end of turn. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's just a good card that we've kind of been missing in standard. Um, Red, again, is a playable uh, color combination. Uh, Five mana, uh, five damage is really, really good. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kill shouldered so that's like the main part that i think this card is good uh it's an answer to kill shouldered at instant speed before they get any value off of it and that's pretty much the reason i picked the card <laughs> that's yeah. how warping shouldered is in standard at this point yeah i also put it on my list just because <laughs> it's also good versus shouldered and pioneer i mean it's not as dominant in pioneer but <laughs> Yeah, red decks I mean, don't have any answers for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it. Red red decks are always looking for ways um, to deal five damage, and yeah. they want to do that at instant speed. Uh, in standard, it's even more of a problem than I am assuming in other formats. Uh, children just gaining two life is mm-hmm. sometimes backbreaking for a red deck. Like you just can't have that happen. You're you know you've worked so hard. Um, to get them to the life total that they're at that you really just don't want to give that freely up 
Um, So you want to be able to kill this right away before you take any damage. Um, I I just really, really like it. I think that it's a nice little answer. I'm honestly, I'm pretty sure they printed it for children. Um, And if they didn't, uh, then I guess thanks for printing it for it. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. The card's definitely interesting. I just, I wonder what equipment's like, or do any even see play in standard or is it just it's three mana destroy children <laughs> i honestly can't think of any um yeah. at all um so i don't think there are any um i think it's just three mana kill children um yeah. it can kill planeswalkers which i also like the flexibility of that too um yeah. again we don't really have anything that has indestructible uh at this point but you know that isn't useless text either on it um, it so. gets rid of the uh, the the dominus cycle. They all gain indestructible. So I think it was probably for that. They set up for limited, just because they oh, can get the okay. indestructible counters. Yeah, that, that's probably. That's the, I think that's probably why. Because yeah, they all get indestructible if you do the thing. And yeah, I don't know, actually, you can't even kill the green one with it. So maybe that that, that is a little weird. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think like really hard of indestructible cards. I don't really think it's it's all that relevant, but it yeah. could be at some point in time and the extra text isn't bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely an interesting card. Um, I think that was the end of your list. I, I think it's yes. funny how Phyrexian Arena and Obliterator have both been reprinted and didn't even get on the list because like they're, they're they're kind of behind the times at this point. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're, they're definitely cards that I could see like making an impact in standard and like, I wouldn't feel bad about that at all. Um, I just don't know. Uh, Obliterator, especially, I think the times have passed Uh, a lot of things, kill it pretty cleanly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I just can't, it's crazy to say before mana five, five, isn't like the craziest thing in the world anymore. We get that pretty easily now. Like creatures are above rate. Um, pretty yeah. often uh, arena though is the card that i think I, I might be the most wrong about i think losing one life a turn is really really bad in standard yeah but i might be wrong because i but do think it's children yeah yeah but i don't like basing cards on like it's perfect um, yeah scenario and also if i was going to say hey this card is good because of shouldered i feel like there's a lot of cards that are good when shouldered's <laughs> on the battlefield too so um, yeah but I, I think i could be the most wrong about arena but i just don't think arena is going to see like a ton of standard play yeah the only rebel way salvo i see does... oh sorry oh no, go ahead go. Uh, i was gonna say rebel salvo does kill a phyrexian obliterator so you know that does Ooh, that's bad. at the low low cost Ooh. of Ooh. six things three <laughs> mana. We got him, folks. He's dead. <laughs> for one. You're, you're safe now. Go back to sleep, <laughs> citizens. There's nothing to see here. Uh, I think the oh, problem sorry. with obliterator is there's so much removal that mm. like doesn't deal damage. So like also, I mean, the last time obliterator was printed, if I remember correctly, it saw almost zero play. Um, I think so. Back in a uh, new Phyrexia, and then I think I, I agree that you're right, it's behind the times. I can see both of them potentially seeing play if a mono black deck existed. Mm-hmm. However, the problem with that being said is if you're one color, good chance you want to be aggressive, just generally speaking. And if that's the case, then Obliterator is fine, but 
um, Gix is just kind of just a better version of Phyrexian Arena and that it's a creature it attacks and you like immediately gain value. It can actually do something. It can be got off the border, just set turns sideways. And then when mm-hmm. it comes to Obliterator, you've already got a four drop that is arguably better. Because yeah. in a lot of situations, if you just play Shieldred, if you say go and they draw a card, you've gained value even if they kill it. And if you don't, then you're just winning this long game that your opponent can't like draw out of. It's less color intensive, so you can play like the man lands. But like even if you're in the mirror and your opponent plays Obliterator, you play Shieldred. Like, yeah, they can attack you, but you can attack back and you're just effectively winning the race because of like those small exchanges every turn. So yeah, just, it is kind of just outclassed within our own standard format. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing too, right? It, like you said, uh, I think Obliterator plays best in an aggressive strategy, strategy. Like I think you want to force them to want to block it because they can't afford to take five. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially, Shoulder does the same thing. Like, yep. there's, it, it attacks for one less, but it's really the same thing. <laughs> like because of its it's like passives of uh, passive abilities so yeah I, I just think that obliterator I, I i don't see a world where obliterator sees any play at all but arena could but i think the format needs to be very slow and grindy for you to want to have arena if not like maybe a sideboard card against like a mid-range control deck if you're like going low with black and they're just going to kill your stuff playing something that Maybe if it like fits outside of their kill spell range, like Gix can get killed, but they can't kill Arena. So like, no. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just looking at the mono white mid range deck you listed, and then I saw Destroy Evil, and I just realized it's like reverse. Uh, what's it called? A uh, a braid. Yes. The exact yep. opposite. Destroy Story Enchantment. Or... Braid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's reverse the braid. Um, super good. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we're not talking about that set, but that was definitely yeah, no, no. a card that. Um, I think everyone kind of missed and now it's just like a super, super played standard card. And I've seen it a little bit in pioneer, depending on the situation. Mm. It's just a really, really like flexible, strong card at this point. I've seen it in human sideboards. Yeah. I mean, fable, the mirror breaker made it like very playable. Like it's a Mm. good answer to like two of the best spells currently, (laughs) which is like fable, the mirror breaker and it kills shouldered. So kind of kill ossification. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, yes, it will. <laughs> the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, okay, so I'm. I think uh, I'm up next. Uh, I'm just gonna boom through the ones that we already kind of covered. That uh, he mentioned. Uh, I have Shielders Edict and Rebel Salvo both uh, for my top five. Uh, they're both good removal spells, basically for the same reasons Carnage is saying. Uh, Rebel Salvo gets rid of Shieldred. Uh, affinity for equipments uh i don't know if that will be relevant but there's talk of a uh hammer list coming to pioneer soon because some of the cards from the set so <laughs> maybe it could be good <laughs> i don't know it, it there's promise there i think and shieldred's edict uh good because it gets rid of uh, a lot of stuff it's good but uh, I'll, I'll let other people who have more articulate thoughts on it talk about that <laughs> um uh, the next uh, one I have on my list is which one was it? Uh, it was called. Um, where is that? I'm just gonna edit this out completely. <laughs> I'm gonna sound like I'm like really fast at finding cards. Uh, Annihilating glare. Um, this one 
is it's a little bit weird. It's one black mana for a sorcery. As additional cost to cast this spell, you can pay four or sacrifice an artifact or creature. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. I think it's interesting for sack builds uh, just mostly because you can sacrifice an artifact and you have a lot of like just random artifacts lying around. Like like you have too many blood tokens or, or food maybe. Uh, could be really interesting. And being able to hit a planeswalker with a one mana spell is pretty powerful. Like this is just like a strictly better eaten alive, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, that's what I was going to say too, right? Like we see uh, it doesn't alive. exile. Okay, eaten alive it, exiled. You, okay, mm-hmm. so you can, and also I think you need a black mana. This only needs four generic. Yeah, yeah. So it's different, but I think it has more potential than I, I hate to say it, but this set has a lot of uh, commander cards for in comparison to like what Pioneer needs. Mm-hmm. So it's just like oh those are all pioneer or commander cards mm-hmm. that's what you say but well yeah being uh, able to sacrifice yeah. an artifact is like really good like if you just have like a spare food lying around mm-hmm. or something like that or a, a spare uh blood token or a spare whatever like being able to sacrifice that if you don't have like a creature that you can free sacrifice is pretty great mm-hmm. or if you have just like a cat oven thing going on where you mm-hmm. just have extra food like it's so easy to make artifacts like i don't think it's as much of a a downside as just sacrificing a creature sometimes because mm-hmm. sometimes it just feels like oh i need this creature so i can do these loops but artifacts are, are pre- they're pretty free <laughs> a um, dime a dozen yeah next card is going to have to be thrun um Ooh. so thrun we, we've mentioned it before it's uh three green green breaker of silences he's a five five uh this spell can't be countered trample can't be the target of non-green spells your your opponent's control or abilities from non-green sources your opponent's control. As long as it's your turn, Thrun has Indestructible. I think this will be a really good sideboard card for um, the Gruul uh, boat deck that goes around. Uh, it has a lot of game versus, like, Rakdos, because, you know, it, they can't really can't, answer that at all. <laughs> can't touch this. Da, 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 da. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then yeah the only uh real spell that kills it is either a fight spell or i mean board wipes but i mean not a ton of decks play like a ton of board wipes i mean rakdos has the the board wipe that exiles they play versus mono green but i mean if they do that uh it kind of answers your whole board but I, i don't know this has a lot of utility in the sideboard i think i think compared to other cards I think okay. it's really good just because um, Pioneer seems to be like pushing towards control again. Mm-hmm. And I think just, you know, same as Thrun, original Thrun, um, it's just yeah. such a beating against control decks that aren't necessarily prepared for an uncounterable creature. Yeah. Um, so I, I do really like it. I think it's a card that's much better in Pioneer than it is in Standard, weirdly. Yeah, agreed. Even though it's five mana. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> five, five, um, five, five mana is okay in pioneer you don't have to like you know yeah. be too afraid of five mana um it's once you especially have... if you're running eight elves <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely agree um and then the final one these weren't in any order they were just kind of just going through cards that i think have the most potential to see play in pioneer uh kimba Kara, enduring uh this might not be long lasting but uh We've kind of reached a 
uh, point where we have a lot of creatures that can free equip uh, that uh, stupid Colossus hammer. I forgot the name for a second. <laughs> it's it is uh, one in a white for a legendary creature cat cat cleric. It's a two two. Uh, whenever it enters the battlefield or another cat enters the battlefield under your control, attach up to one target equipment you control. So that creature, uh, equip creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And then it has three white, white, create a two, two white cat creature token. Uh, I just think it has, I think that uh, the, the, the Colossus Hammer deck actually has, is starting to get some legs. I don't know if this will th- be the thing that pushes it over the edge. I think we might be like one free equipper short, but I think that, yeah, we're, we're very close. There's a lot of ways to search up equipment. There's a lot of. We don't have like a Urza Saga yet, but there's a lot of other stuff that can search it up. And then we have free equippers and this feels like it's just like one step closer to finishing that deck out. It feels close. I really don't like that you said we don't have an Urza Saga yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know they're going to reprint it into standard one day. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. Um, yeah, I think this card is really, really interesting. I think that the hammer deck is like either there or very close like you said mm-hmm. it's it's and once it gets there i think pioneer is gonna look really different <laughs> yeah i mean technically now the the deck has a turn two kill with a uh, what's it called there's that new red card that came out uh oh the guy with haste or whatever uh carcophony scamp uh whenever it it's a one or a red oh, for a one, yeah, one. That guy. whenever it deals combat damage to a player you may sacrifice it if you do proliferate proliferate uh, whenever Caffany Scamp dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. So you turn one, play this. Then turn two, you play a uh, Sigarda's Aid. And then you attack with it. And then you play a Hammer because it has Flash. And then you auto-equip it. Cacophony Scamp kills them. It deals the the first uh, 11 damage. And then you sacrifice it, and it deals another 11 damage. Wow. So technically, you could do a That's turn kind of two cool. kill. Yeah. <laughs> and Pioneer, I mean, it, you need a three I- cards... Dies so. to fatal push, but yeah, <laughs> good. Dies to fatal push. So, <laughs> thank Isn't goodness. Like a three drop that also helps like move equipments around, or am I tripping? Uh, yeah, what there's one. Like... It has free equip to it. Um, I can't remember what it was. It's a three two. It says zero, and you can equip any equipment to it for free. I don't know if that one sees play, but well, I, there's I think blade it could craft aspirant. That one like it reduces the cost of like by one. Yeah. But there was, I thought there was something else. I hadn't even thought about this. There's some like random red shitter, but maybe it's like a commander product. No, no, no. It's from, uh, it, it's a 3 2 with, it's. No, no, two no. And I'm red. looking at Ruck Hex Gold Nabber. It's a three oh. mana 2 2 with Trample Haste. Oh, okay. It's whenever an equipped creature you control other than it attacks or dies, you may attach all, attach, or you may attach all equipment attached to it. So it's, it's a little bit weird, but um, more to your point of like there being a white uh, deck, I, I do think you're right. Like, I think it is pushing that direction, but there was, there's something that like, um, yeah, there, there's like a lot of the ability to like have to be able to go off with this deck. Oh, uh, that's what it was. There's also for this deck for Pioneer, there's Skrelv Defector Might. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Which is yeah. like, uh, make cool. your own mother of runes. <laughs> it's mom at home. 
yeah, my pesky mom, pesky mom at home. Um, but like that also kind of goes with the Kemba like plan, like pretty well as well as the, you know, the be able to with cacophony scamp. And also, isn't there some red white guy that also helps equipping for free or something like that? There's like um, some four drop that you get to look at seven cards. Oh, the, uh, and, like, the one dwarf one there, I think it is. I think it's a yeah. dwarf. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, there's so many of those. Kind like, of wants weird you to ones. be. It kind of wants you to be red white already, and having like a turn two kill is like, especially considering two of those cards are 100 percent going to be in that deck. So, Cacophony mm-hmm. Scamp is kind of like a free include, and being able to just win on turn two when yeah. there's a lot of like combo decks is pretty juicy. I I, yeah. I think I think again. I mean, it's it's the same reason Hammer is like successful in modern. Right, is having the fear that it can be there is also worth a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it warps play for your opponent, right? Like they're not going to, you know, play a tapped land on their turn one because they might be afraid that you, you know, on turn one played your scamp and next turn they die. Um, mm-hmm. So you know they might take an extra damage here or might mulligan a hand because they don't want to die to it. So I kind of like just having that mental ability to have the turn two kill, even if that's not really something you're building the deck towards doing. Yeah. You like having your own spooky house in your front yard, just scare the kids away. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, hey, <laughs> hey, do you have a fatal hey, push? My lawn. Yeah, did you have a fatal push in an untapped land in that in that seven? No, you might want to mulligan it because I might be able to kill you before you get to untap. So I really, yeah. uh, I, I like having that. That that's what makes combo decks, in my opinion, very very powerful. Is even mm-hmm. if that's not the main way that you're going yeah. to win or how quickly you're going to win the fear that it's there warps yeah. people's play free uh, free equity for sure yeah exactly grease fang does that you know nobody yeah. wants to tap oh, out yeah. into you know a parhelion in the graveyard <laughs> i'm just gonna laugh whenever like somebody does like the the cacophony scamp thing where they get they get the turn two nut draw the opponent is just like on spirits so they just like flash in that one one and it's just like ha like you didn't kill me now <laughs> I mean, it, they're gonna win next turn but it's gonna be like i could have had the turn to win but they didn't <laughs> just gonna be like infuriating to some people i know <laughs> uh yeah anyway uh i think it was time for the the modern or did you choose you said something about legacy so is it modern or legacy or are you uh, we'll, we'll do, do modern for, we'll do modern oh. first okay so you want to do both okay yeah great cool <laughs> unless somebody wants to jump in i am more than happy to do both no go for it i'm i'm no, excited these are formats i used to play a lot of and haven't in a while so i'm excited to hear about them so i think she, like to you know shield your edict is going to be a mainstay in all formats as much as any edict has been yeah i think this one has like probably the biggest chance that being said i am really fucking tired of them printing edicts every set where i have to continually update <laughs> there was diabolic edict then there was liliana's edict because it didn't target it just like did all puns you're like all right cool that's the end of it and then there was like the uh the split second edict you're like all right well that definitely that may never gonna need to buy another edict again and then they're like how about one that does a lot of more things than an edict normally does man you're like oh, fine, fucking jesus like, all right get in the bag like what's in the next like does the next one like do we get to scry one like how many more edicts are we gonna get through before i can finally stop buying them every time they come out Eventually, it's just but, like your opponent has no creatures, two mana. It's like yeah, sweet it's one mana, one black. Your opponent sacrifices all creatures. You win the game. You're like, all right, finally. <laughs> <laughs> then the next set, they make one with split second. They cost only a black. You're like, shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that one's gonna see a fair amount of play. It gets a lot around uh, around a lot of stuff. 
Um, I don't think it's super important to modern, but there's not a lot of like modern bangers in this set. Mm. That one I think is very much filling out the file. Um, the next one that the one I actually want to start talking about is venerated rot priest. Oh, mm. this has gotten almost assuredly too much hype. It's $20 for a rare. I would recommend not buying it just yet. I think <laughs> it's going to think it's going to lose about at least half those digits. But it's really cool. One mana, one, two, toxic one. And the most important thing, whenever a creature you control becomes a target of a spell, target opponent gets a poison counter. So in chatting before this podcast happened, we were talking about how it works with uh, if you have it and one spell on the stack and two spell skites, you can just kill Mm -hmm. your opponent as long as you have. You have to spend 18 life. Yes, you have to spend 18 life. It might be less, but I'm pretty sure it's 18 yeah. because the original target that puts that one, puts one poison counter on them. Nine iterations, yeah, yeah, nine iterations. So yeah, it would cost. One of the nice things though is that it's even if your opponent targets this, they get a poison counter, which is cool because it mm-hmm. becomes the target. It doesn't matter who targets. Uh, yeah. I see this going along, perhaps making a like kiln fiend esque deck with venerated rot priest. Uh, there's the creature that has magecraft from the other side. That's an O one. It's like a white creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, lum- Illuminomancer, something. Yeah, yeah. To something like that. Yeah, that way I can feel bad about buying fifty copies and throwing them away. Uh, <laughs> there's the was it the Niv? Uh, it's what's the elemental? You can exile spells that are on the stack. Uh, the, um, oof. It's like a one um, two exile spells on stack. Um, it's it's a it's an is it? I know. You yeah. exile two spells from stack. Magus Elemental. Yeah. So it, it seems like perhaps it would go in a deck like that is what I'm like theoretically envisioning for this uh, modern mm. hopeful is you just like play that you play the banger that is. Um, oh, what's the storm spell that gives target creature can't block. It's like a red and it's like a storm. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember enough card names. <laughs> <laughs> just play Ragman uh, too, so you can yeah, just get exactly. free wins with Ragman. <laughs> exactly. Always play Ragman. Uh, Ground Rift. So there are situations you can set up with like Venerated Rot Priest where you go like turn one Venerated Rot, Rot Priest. Untap, cast like Manamorphose, Manamorphose, Gutshot Your Own Guy, uh, cast Mutagenic Gross, cast. Uh, Grav, what I say? was ground rift, and then I think you're like nearly there. I think actually, if you go manamorphose, manamorphose, gut shot, ground rift, ground rift, that, that's lethal. So you're only like down. That's only like four cards on turn two, and that's a game. Granted, there's a lot of what if my opponent had a shock? What if my opponent had a lightning bolt? What if they have a solitude? Yeah, yeah you're not beating that. So likely playable, no, potentially. You know, fingers are crossed that that kind of insanity could return to modern, but I doubt it. But it is it is very much on the docket. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely could see that. Uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, the the pre MH two uh, is it deck that was running around for a while. I know, mm, like yeah, okay. It kind of reminds me of that. I I don't know if yeah, it, it's interesting. It's it's a t- it's a tough one it's, to evaluate because it's so unique. Yeah, it's really unique. It requires a lot of setup. If your opponents have interaction, you're dead. There are a lot of decks that are going to let you get away with this. You know, Hammer mm-hmm. Time 
doesn't kill very frequently on turn two. Its usual window is like three and a half. Like it's great draws kill on turn three. It's good draws kill on turn four. Depend like uh-huh. supposing no interaction. Um, so this deck can very easily kill no interaction on turn three, turn two on the best of years. However, the amount that it dies to interaction is a lot higher than say hammer time, which can like kind of reassess and is a lot more kind of, uh, you know, just rough and tumble in that regard. Mm. So I think this is very much, you know, uh, how is it called? Uh, uh, happy Christmas land or, um, yeah, magical Christmas Christmas land that like, this is very much a magical Christmas land kind of modern card, but I don't think it's one that's completely worth writing off, but I think definitely, uh, you know, have a certain amount of you know just just wait a minute don't don't go off and get excited and buy them you don't need to spend 20 dollars yeah. on a car that's gonna be like five bucks in like a month unless you know you see something that i don't and then please go do and show me why i'm wrong <laughs> <with> my ass <laughs> yeah i think 20 dollars is way too high for this car yeah for a rare oh yeah like uh, so many of the planeswalkers aren't seeing that and those will see play at least in edh for years to come um yeah interesting Next on my list, we've got Vat of Rebirth. This one, very much, I found out about this morning and was like, all right, probably not, but maybe. So it isn't, it hasn't been a very popular deck as of recently, but the Asmordic card (laughs) with, uh, I'm not going to try to pretend like I remember all 50 letters of that freaking name. Uh, Just call it Asmordic. Yeah, we get it. You're the coolest kid in geography class. <laughs> um, so with Asmo, you have a lot of artifacts that you just get to sack for free. So if you play this with Asmo, you can set up a situation where you can put a bunch of counters on it, get back your Asmo, get back another creature. There at one point in the past, somebody was trying to make an Asmo deck that did a lot of mill and discarding and had... Uh, the reanimation will persist in it. And this kind mm-hmm. of goes along with that in that you can, you know, you can get enough counters that if they kill your Asmo, you can bring it back. Uh, you can bring back other creatures like say, um, uh, what's the silly six, six that ruins everybody's day. Why can't I remember card names? Um, the, the Archon, Archon of Cruelty. Uh, yeah. Archon of Cruelty. Like you can get back Archon of Cruelty. The you can work on cruelty like really, really fast. You can ostensibly, like, if you win the lottery, you could get back Archon on turn three with this. If you went like turn one, discard Street Wraith, cast this, make a food, play a Mishra's Bauble, turn two, you like play that. Like, you can start like going off and like be able to ostensibly do it on turn three. It's not likely. But mm-hmm. it's one of those cards that for like very low investment cost, it has a lot of like value to it. So I'm hopeful. Also, like there was versions of this deck that played Urza and uh, Thought Monitor. Vat of Rebirth with Urza and Thought Monitor is messed up. And those are cards oh, yeah. that you would just organically play. So like maybe this breathes a little light into this. It is an artifact that doesn't have an ability when it comes in play, which is kind of a beat. And you do kind of have to work for it. But also that's kind of just that deck's jam. So I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hopeful. And that one you can pick up now because it's not worth anything. It's yeah. great. It's uncommons are, are the best buys. Nice. Yeah, uh, that's definitely an interesting uh way to take it. I was thinking about this card as well in Pioneer as for like the sack builds, but I don't know, it they don't really 
play very many big creatures that you want to dump. I mean, you could, but I, I don't know. I, I, Annihilating Glare just went out for me. I was like, eh, we'll spell. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think that, de- that, 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 that definitely sheds some light onto, like, or not sheds some light. That definitely makes me, that gets the gears turning for me. Yeah. It gets me trying to, like, how do I do it on turn three in Pioneer yeah. as well, <laughs> if possible. Um, the, the last two I am, one of which I'm sure we'll see play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one I think will see play and I think you should buy it right now. So the first one is Mycosynth Gardens. Oh yeah. This card is going to see play. I'm not sure if you can weigh in on buying it or if you should buy it now, because it's like 12, $13 for a rare. However, mm-hmm. it is busted in half with the. Very fun, very normal, very fair Amulet of Vigor. <laughs> so, Mycosynth Garden reads, land, sphere, tap for colorless. You can pay one mana, tap, add one mana of any color, or third abilities, you can pay X, tap, Mycosynth Gardens becomes a copy of target non-token artifact you control with mana value X. So if, say, you go turn one, Let's let's go for the moon. You go Urza Saga, cast Amulet Vigor, like every single opponent that I've ever played against on Moto. <laughs> then turn two, Amulet or uh, Saga goes to two counters. They play Mycosynth Gardens. They make a copy of Amulet of Vigor. Turn three, they untap. They float a colorless. They sacrifice that land. They go get uh, a third Amulet of Vigor. And one second, huh? I, I'm going to have to look in this. I don't know if Microsynth Garden still has its mana ability. It doesn't say so, so I'm assuming it does not. Also, yeah, it doesn't just... look like you can change it into any other artifact after you do this. Yeah, I think it just becomes the artifact. It just becomes that. Good. Yeah, and it can't change back. Okay. It, not that that matters. Your opponent's dead in the circumstance. Uh, you go get third Amulet of Vigor. You play one Bounce Land. You make six mana. You cast Primeval Titan. You go get uh, the Red White Land. You go get the one that gives it haste you give it plus six plus O and haste then you bounce that land you move a combat you attack you get uh vesuva and you get the one that gives it double strike and you give it double strike so you're attacking for 24 on turn three without any extra land plays this did not involve a dryad arbor this did not involve an azusa this involved like three cards a one of 12 and a one of eight Jeez. Hope you had solitude. <laughs> what do you? And even if you had solitude, if your opponent is prepped for it, I think actually. Oh wait, I I think I sold sold it shorter. I think you can do way more than that. That was just off the cuff. So if you go get, if you know your opponent has solitude, you go get Primeval Titan. If you go get the Blue Green Land and uh, the Simic Growth Chamber and Teleria West. You make 12 mana, you float, you bounce the land, you use three of it, you transmute Teleri West, you go get Pact, you cast Pact, you get a Titan, you do that all over again. And then you attack with each one of those guys giving haste, so that's 24 without double strike, and then I think you can give 24 at least once, if not, well, you can definitely give it once, I think you can give it twice, maybe even three times. So yeah. Oh jeez. That's a lot. That's a lot. So Michaelson's Gardens, uh, get on it. That one's definitely yeah. going to see you play a hundred percent. You know, there are times in which Amulet Titan isn't very good because of blood moon restrictions or, you know, people are trying to go under with like infect. 
that last part hasn't happened that frequently, but Blood Moon has become relatively popular, so it definitely has fallen a step. That being said, this card's fucked up, so it might just <laughs> it might just be willing to override the amount of times that your opponent just doesn't have you know Blood Moon to stop you from just going batshit. Um, and conveniently, considering the amount of counter spells that are being played right now, outside of one of the deck's worst matchups in uh blue red murktide is basically zero like i don't think there's that many decks playing counterspell you can kind of get away with just cutting cavern of souls in like a large swath for just the microsynth gardens so it's a very easy port in oh nice now we get into spec territory because there isn't a home for <laughs> yeah. this one but the card and i'm a little surprised that neither of you guys talked about it though i didn't think about it anything else other than modern and legacy and a little bit of vintage is mercurial spell dancer oh oh, so, oh i think i know what you're talking about so mercurial spell dancer is one in a blue for a two one mercurial spell dancer cannot be blocked whenever mm-hmm. you cast a non-creature spell put in an oil counter on mercurial spell dancer whenever mercurial spell dancer deals combat damage to a player you may remove two oil counters from it if you do when you cast your next instant or sorcery card this turn copy that spell you may choose new targets for this copy this card is currently $3 on pre-sale. Oh. It dies very easily. Mm. You do have to have another spell after you've cast two. Mm. That's a beat. However, attacking on turn two, like in in Pioneer or in uh, in Modern, you cast this, you cast Mistress Bobble, you untap, mm. you bolt something, you force a uh, negation, something, whatever. You attack, you hit them, and then you cast... I don't know, EI, and you mm-hmm. get double EI. You play a land, get a card from hand, you get a card in hand, you play a removal spell or something like that, or you play a rag of hand. The yeah. possibilities with this card are insane. And that I think is, it's not the lowest, but it definitely is on like one of the lower ends. Like this is very reminiscent of a card that had, it kind of had an inverse property in, um, oh dang it what's that card called uh, it's the there's this one three that when it dealt damage you could ca- copy a card with its power mm-hmm. um um mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm blanking on that name <laughs> yeah it's it didn't really see it's all like some standard play i think but then it was predominantly legacy mm-hmm. what in the the, the only reason I never added this to my list is because our editor, our uh, Rose emoji, mm-hmm. specifically went out of his way to say it was a good card, so that means it won't see play in Pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> so this reminds me of Finally Fun, sorry. That's hilarious also. <laughs> uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist is oh, what yeah. the card reminds yeah, me Dreadhorde of in the Arcanist. inverse. So Dreadhorde Arcanist, you did not need to have cast any spells that turn, mm-hmm. but you had to deal... You had to deal damage with it, if I remember correctly. I think oh, it was no, an attack. Sorry, attacks. So you had yeah. to attack with it. Same relative issue. Yeah, yeah. However, you could only hit things with CMC1 in your graveyard. Also, you had to have things in your graveyard. This doesn't mm-hmm. care if you have a graveyard. This cares about yeah. your next spell you cast, which means that if you cast something really big, you can cast more of it. Like mm-hmm. EI was an example. Um, but if you go to like Vintage and you go, all right, play this, untap, cast two spells, attack, trigger cast tinker i'm gonna go now get two tinkers i do not have to sacrifice an artifact for the next tinker they both go on the stack and it's not like if 
I'm reading it correctly, if you do, when you capture, yeah. So it doesn't also, it doesn't care if your opponent counters the spell, you get the copy regardless, because it's not you're choosing mm-hmm. to target the copy. It just happens when you cast the next one. Uh, so there is a little weird flim flamminess where if your opponent lets the trigger happen and then tries to kill it and you save it, they make you waste the, like the ability, but mm. the ability to just turn this on pretty freely with cards like Mishra's bobble, like consider it opens up a lot of powerful windows, being able to cast, you know, multiple spells, whether they be EI, whether they be lightning, you know, it's attack and then double bolt and clear the board or double unholy heat and clear the board. It allows for a lot of like really powerful setup or really yeah. powerful payoff. Um, I, 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 that does seem pretty good. <laughs> I, I just don't know. And, and pioneer, I, I guess you can copy the, the delve spells. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Copy, I mean, just free copy and uh, the, uh, the ancestral basically. Yeah. It's just, we don't have the, the amount of like cheap spells. I think like Phoenix plays it, but I just don't know if, they would play this card specifically just because I mean, they it, might it, it's play rough. it. It is it's rough, tough. but it doesn't yeah. care about your graveyard. So you get to cast like double lava axe, double mm-hmm. stuff like that. I don't yeah. know. I can see this being a card that instead of like, you know, the one of thing in the ice that people occasionally play, mm-hmm. play one of spell dancer, play two of spell dancer. It kind of fits with the strategy. It doesn't undo your board. Sure. You to like crowd control better. It doesn't block for shit. So that is definitely mm-hmm. one of the things in point of favor for um, uh, well, yeah. the thing, but more importantly, um, the shredder is yeah. that a blo- shredder blocks really well. It's just a fantastic creature. This one doesn't. So you definitely have to be on the front foot, pretty much with this. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be, you know, knowing that you're going sideways. You can't ever be leaving it on D. Um, yeah, I think if if you're going against control, like this is probably a really good one to have in opposed to shredder, like shredder. I mean, and Shredder's good, but I think that I this one could be a good one to have against Control because you just get free spells, like just draw all the cards. <laughs> yeah. How do they? I mean, like you? attack. There's circumstances where you get to attack, and then you go, okay, I'll cast pieces. You know, mm-hmm. do it twice, and your opponent might like doing pieces twice. Like will overcome not any, but damn near any. Um, of like graveyard, like non just pure exile graveyard hate. If they're like taxing your graveyard mm-hmm. with uh hearse or whatever like that. And you're just like, all right, well, I'm going to put like, you know, seven, eight cards in there. And I have four cards in my hand. It's like the shredder doesn't have enough time to like get to that, that kind of work on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually kind of like this card as like a, a sideboard card for like control decks too. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, when you're in the control mirror and you bring this in and they took out all the removal and this thing is just yeah. like a ticking time bomb <laughs> that is just like, you know, doubling up all of your good spells. It could be really good. I think I think you just need to have proactive spells. I think like one of the I, I agree that this is definitely one of those really good cards that allows you to grind value. You know, it can't be interacted with by like blocking. But, like, if you play this in a deck where it doesn't have cheap spells or cards that, like, draw you cards or kill spells or, like, interaction mm-hmm. in that regard, like, if you're a lot of your instant sorceries are just counter spells, this, it needs to have, you need to have, like, an outlet to utilize its last ability. Yeah. For sure. Uh, mm. All right. I, I, that one's an interesting one. I, 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 I'm just thinking about it. I, I, I have a lot to. <laughs> It, like you, you now, you just have to like mold over in your head. Just yeah. like, where can it go? 
Yeah, there's a lot of unpacking to be done with this one. And it yeah. it does have a problem in modern in that it runs at a Renin 6, but Renin 6 has been mm-hmm. on a bit of a decline. So, like, does that mean it's fine? Does that mean you'd have to play mutagenic growth? I don't know. But I think this one's got enough, like, does enough big things, potentially, that I think it's it's one to to definitely, like, give a second or third look at. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's the only other recommendation. And like, these are, I guess I'm doing this the opposite order of Carnage, but the only kind of other thing I had for modern was uh, Filigree Silex and Surgical and Dross Skull Bomb. And those are just mild upgrades to, yeah. uh, you know, like instead of having the old Spell Bombs from Mirrodin, these are the new ones. When they util- when you use their ability, although they cost more, you gain a card. So that's kind of nice. So like those are good, but they're definitely not great. And yeah. Filigree Silex is just a mildly better, albeit legendary, uh, ratchet bomb. So yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, I forgot. Did you guys hear about the the combo with the uh, the, the one mythic from the set? Uh, what was it called? Um, Ikermoon Gauntlets. It's got an infinite combo, which is kind of cool. Really. So yeah, if you have the card Magistrate Scepter, you can take infinite turns. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so bad. But if you cast, I, I can't remember how many, uh, but since your Planeswalkers have Proliflate, if you have a Planeswalker and you cast two spells a turn, which if you have all infinite turns, you can technically do it, which <laughs> it's kind of funny. But it, like, I don't know why you'd ever want to do that. But I, I just saw it and it reminded me of that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool because the yeah. deck. I actually know people that have played that deck, and the people that play the deck, you play Karn, so you mm-hmm. can just play an Icar Moon Gauntlet and just like yeah. fetch it and allow it to like maybe be easier in certain spots. That's really cool, though. Yeah. Um, so for Legacy, sadly, the list is pretty much the same. Oh, nice. Mercurial Spell Dancer busted. Same with in modern. Same with in vintage, especially like mm-hmm. the farther older back you go. Yeah, I think other than the better. fact that the creature's being blue, <laughs> it gets better and better because of the cards you get to cast, and also because removal is at much more premium. Removal mm-hmm. in modern is kind of the currency in which you speak in. Counter spells and like lock pieces and your own personal strategy are the more the language that is being spoken in Legacy. So yep. I'd say Mercurial Dancer, and like as the older the format gets, as you go back, the more it's like kind of free to play it and like a lot less dangerous. So mm-hmm. Mercurial Spell Dancer, Shieldred's Edict, uh, Filgree Silex are all like the kinds that make the list. And then this one isn't in the set, so let me know if this isn't this isn't fair to talk about. No, that's fine. Chiscoria Forge Tyrant. That's the in the commander, I assume. Yeah, it's the commander one. Let me just go to that section on mythic spoilers. Yeah, um, which color is it? It's red. Okay. Bottom left oh, side. Oh, the, the dragon. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so it's ooh, affinity for artifacts. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So it's six RRR legendary creature dragon affinity for artifacts. Mm-hmm. So it costs three red. Flying haste, and when it attacks. You exile the top five cards of your library. You may cast an artifact spell from them this turn. If you do, it has affinity for artifacts. Okay, yeah, that definitely. (laughs) That seems good. Yeah, it's got a lot of like potential here. I don't know. I don't think there's a current deck it would fit into necessarily. Like the welder strategies usually don't have actually that many artifacts in play. Sometimes they will. But just the ability to like 
in either a deck built for it or a deck remodeled for it. Getting a three, three mana, five, four flyer with haste is good. And then being able to constantly get value and like looking at five cards, choosing an artifact that you then get to cast that as a finny for artifacts means you're just getting to like impulse into like cat, like mind's desire for one. It's like the amount of freedom you have here is a lot too much. I don't know because of the triple red if that's going to be too constrictive, but I definitely can see this being a legacy card. Yeah. Outside of that, for legacy, sadly, that's kind of where it ends as far as I'm concerned. Like, there's Kaido, there's Tamio's yeah. Logbook, but those are both pretty... Mm, that makes sense. To Sword of Forge and Frontier maybe in some kind of, like, DNT style deck? Maybe if they want to draw extra cards or something? Uh, that's like the when it comes into play, you get no, sorry, it's the new sort of in the cycle. Uh, a quick oh, creature gets plus two, plus two. Uh, yeah, red and green, and then you yeah. just exile two cards from your library. So maybe if you want to get some card advantage, maybe DNT. I I think they just play sort of fire and ice. Yeah, like protection yeah, from red, protection from blue, affecting the board. Also, the fact that you draw a card, like having to play the card that turn, can mm. be really detrimental. Protection yeah, from green's sense. not super relevant. Protection from red's a little bit, but like getting a basic land, eh. Exiling yeah. two cards, you got to play one of them this turn, eh. And well, you I, don't get a basic land. You can play an extra land. Oh, sorry, you can play actually even worse. So yeah. you get to like <laughs> explore. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's the yeah. two. It's the two worst. It's the worst sword I think I've ever seen. And it's still a sword. <laughs> it still will do things. It probably will see some amount of play in like standard, maybe in pioneer. But like, yeah. Pioneer yeah. is the one place I think it has the most potential, um, just because of the color combination. But yeah, it's like three decks of that full just like gets to walk across. Yeah, yeah. If you ha- can manage to get it versus mono green, you're golden because just what do they do? They can't block it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No it helps you get through. East. It's really good against boat. Um, I think it's good yeah. there. I think standard needs help. Um, right now, black just and white are the two best colors and green is non-existent. So unless something changes with the, with the newer sets and like green and red start to like really climb, uh, mm-hmm. it's just not a protection sword anymore. It just is a sword you equip and hope to make mm-hmm. contact with, which um, I don't know if that'll actually be good enough to see, make it see play. Yeah. Makes sense. Also, I was going to mention at the end of this, uh, the, the Fastlands, uh, instant A-plus Pioneer, but just I didn't want to mention it just because if it's a top five, they're kind of boring because they're just, you know, Fastlands. <laughs> yeah. Cheating. Yeah. I, yeah. I was going to do the same thing too. They're going to be super good in Standard, um, but Standard just loves any dual land. Uh, mm-hmm. So they play any of them. Yeah. Uh, but it's really going to help uh, the Soldier's deck, especially. Um, yeah, just more sure. ways to have blue and white mana quickly and fast and easy um, is something they're looking for. But yeah, I didn't want to put it in just because, I mean, I think everybody knows they're good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I do like the Terramorphic Expanse reprint uh, better than, I guess, uh, Evolving Wilds because it's different. <laughs> the art is so nice on it, too. Yeah. A plus. Oh, for sure. Also, those cycling monocolored sphere lands, uh, oh, those those seem like they could be kind of good in standard. It's just like a one of or something. Yeah, just a, just a last minute thought. Yeah, I think so too. I agree. Um, I think they're limited all stars. That's for sure. Yeah, 
Oh yeah. I think they just make me sad because the art on so dope and I would love them to be mildly playable, but it's like, yeah, it really yeah, it, does not seem like they ever going to be <laughs> coming into play. They, tap is like such a beat. Yeah. If they entered untapped, like just get rid of the sphere. Like I, why do they have the sphere type? I don't need that. Like just, just untapped. <laughs> let me draw a card. Just let me draw. That'd be card. interesting if they were basic. That gets into the very interesting territory for like other formats. Like you probably like they would be the least offensive, like non-basic basic. You could like fetch with a duel, like, yeah. Or like fetch with a, a sack land, but like, Oh, that's cool. But also like, it's not like that advantageous. I don't know. Yeah. That, that'd be interesting. You pay three mana. You could just draw a card with, or actually four mana technically. No, sorry. You have to <laughs> fetch pay a life. So you pay a life and three mana to draw a card in late game. I mean, that seems pretty, yeah like it seems like you'd want one exactly yeah but yeah i don't know that'd be really cool (laughs) (laughs) agree if only if only only wizard of the coast playing it too safe (laughs) too safe i haven't heard that for everything am i right (laughs) anyway uh yeah i think that takes us to the end of this episode everybody uh hour and 30 minutes in and i think we finally have covered every format ever except for popper and vintage and commander but you know what those formats are kind of just beyond saving so (laughs) (laughs) some shots fired yeah that could have a lot of angry communities at you there those those are some (laughs) of the strongest communities in magic what have you, Are you done? Kidding me, vintage players? Well, actually, actually, they have a lot of money. Shit, <laughs> they have a lot of money, and they've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me while I, for no reason at all, just kneel at the floor while something goes whirling over my head at you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, strongest communities don't hurt me. Uh, hopefully, you don't even <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first, man, I hope not that many people listen to my podcast. Yeah. First person to wish people aren't listening. I wish none of you people from other communities are listening. Exactly. You commander players don't want you here. (laughs) No, if you listen to this, thanks. Um, Anyway, uh, we're towards the end. Uh, I almost forgot. Uh, I was just going to end it there. Um, Do you have any stuff you'd both like to play? I know both of you uh, plug. Sorry. I know both of you have podcasts. So uh, would you like to plug them here in your Twitters? And I'll make sure they're in the descriptions. But yeah. Yeah, um, so uh, I'm Carnage Cards ENT on Twitter. Um, I tweet occasionally, um, but I play quite a bit of uh, Standard and Pioneer. Uh, so I'm normally posting decks, finishes, and things like that on there. So if you're interested in following that, go for it. I'm also part of a podcast called Playing Arena Podcast. Um, it's everything you need uh, for Arena. So we cover all the formats that are on there. Um, we are on every second week and I have some great, uh, co-hosts that are on there with me and, uh, yeah, if you love arena, come check it out. Uh, we're always looking for people to listen. unlike Bridger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am <laughs> at like Ikes on Twitter, L I K E I K E S. I host uh, two podcasts, Passionate People and Preposterous Peeps podcast, which Bridger has been on, and Carnage is soon going to be on. Uh, and I also host a podcast with my brother that where uh, Passionate People and Preposterous Peeps podcast is a interview podcast uh, where I talk about what people are passionate about. Uh, and I have nice. a um, 
film and writing podcast with my brother called Super Pros Bros, S-U-P-E-R-P-R-O-S-E-B-R-O-S. You can find both of these on uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify. Um, That one's like a bi-weekly one we talk about uh, writing. Nice. I'll need to check that out. I didn't realize you did one about writing. I'm trying to get into writing a little bit. So that's that's really awesome. I'll have to check that out and learn more about it. (laughs) <laughs> awesome um so yeah uh those are their uh plugs if you want to find me on twitter you can find me at uh what is my name i forget um bridger also an elk is the 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 joke name i go by it's kind of funny because uh oko he, he turned people into elks haha i'm an elk not a furry i swear no i really am not please don't <laughs> don't group me with them <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think that takes us to the end of the episode. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>